This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 196, Ben and Evan's Killing Joke Adventure. I'm afraid no jokes. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens and I am Ben, Ben Avery. I am one of the strangers, one of the aliens and I'm here to talk about a movie. Yes. A movie. A movie. Evan, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Evan, Evan David, one of the other hosts here on Strangers and Aliens and we are indeed here to talk about some a movie, yes, some sort of cinematic experience uh, thing. Yep. And yes, what, indeed. What an experience it was. Unlike any I've ever had before. <laughs> I can honestly say we've done some things that I've not done before ever. It's groundbreaking it, with with as far as cinematic experiences go. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah. you guys are going to hear it first. Here on Strangers and Aliens. <laughs> so truth is, yes, uh, Evan and I, we did make plans to go see a movie. And yep. uh, it was one of the animated DC movies. And so uh, but before we get into that, I, I just want to give a warning, give a uh, or an explanation or something. This conversation, I think, is going to be a little stream of consciousness. I think this this is just going to go where the conversation takes us, just like the movies took us where the movies were going to take us. And that might mean we had extra drive across town, but yeah, Evan and I live in the same town here in Indiana. And, uh, in fact, he lives on campus at the, the college that I lived in when I was, uh, also first married. He's, he's just now had his, his first child. I have, she's been born three yeah. weeks ago. And, uh, I also was living on campus at that school when my wife and I had our first child. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we were living in what is now, I believe, the security office. <laughs> that that house by the fence there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a great little house. It was it was <laughs> nice. I liked it. Um and we were the resident directors for the the perimeter housing. But we still live in the same city, and so I live just a couple minutes away from Evan. And we so yeah, we've gone to see some movies together, and this was going to be no exception. Now, let's give a little background on the movie, shall we? Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, the movie in question is called The Killing Joke, Batman, The Killing Joke. And 
It was released in theaters, but it's a direct-to-DVD creation, I guess, is what they're... Yes, it was released in theaters because the demand for it and the hype for it was so high, they originally were going to do a limited theater engagement, and then everybody was clamoring for it, so then they opened it up big and wide. So... In, big and wide meeting it got a second night in some places oh i th- i thought that even they added like more and more screens to it well i don't know about that but. also uh but fathom event pricing i mean it's it's event it's gimmick uh i mean it's it's the thing this is where you go to see um planet of the apes it's the digital pro- projection it's not um you know it's it's not a, a regular screening it's most of these screenings from fathom events uh and i'm not sure was this a fathom event yes okay most of the fathom events are going to be on a monday tuesday wednesday or thursday fathom events is how i saw um oh it was the 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 menagerie uh part one and part two from the original star trek saw that on the big screen oh right okay yes yeah um and i think i saw best of both worlds as well on the big screen with that okay and being the the Star Trek Next Generation. No, it was Encounter at Farpoint. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, the the premiere episode for Star Trek Next Generation. And yeah, they did they do special showings of operas and concerts and mm-hmm. um uh riff I've tracks. Seen, I've seen one Fathom event uh and it was the uh release of the latest Dragon Ball Z movie that just came out, the Resurrection F. You guys know what I'm talking about. You special few. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's classic movies, it's new stuff, but it's all like, it's an event, you know, and so it's something they think is going to be big enough to do one night only. Because it's one night only, it gets enough buzz that you're going to go and try and get there, you know, and and uh, I, I saw Godzilla 1998 riff tracks as part of that, you know, it was, it was fun, and, and, and generally speaking, it, it is fun. Now, our theater, we have two, and the one is uh, Cinemark, I believe. And yes, and the other one is uh, AMC, and they were both doing a Killing Joke uh, showing on the Monday, and we were it was Tuesday for us. Yep, we pulled into the theater, and this is Tuesday night. The parking lot is full, absolutely packed. It looked like a Friday night. I couldn't believe it, and we walk in. And I mean, there's just people everywhere. And and one of the things I kind of was wondering is if this was just because, you know, it's summer, it's a college town. And the other thing I kind of figured out was this is this is the theater that has the uh, reclining seating, just newly installed. Now is that in every in in every venue in there? Yes, every single it is theater. Now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went and saw Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is an episode I wanted to do but we never got around to doing, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I went and I'm, I'm, you pick your seat. And so I picked a seat that there, there was a space between me and the other person. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll put two spaces. And boy, am I so glad I did because <laughs> it was awkward because I got in there and there's 10 people in the theater. And I'm in this seat that's at a decent. I thought I was toward the back, but it's in the front. Um, and I'm sitting two seats away from this girl who's there by herself. <laughs> and and I'm just thinking, okay, well, this this is kind of awkward. Uh, we're watching the movie, and she is glued to her phone. <laughs> I'm just wondering to myself, why in the world is she even here? And something 
really cool what happened on the screen. And I glance over to see if she's even looking, you know, and she's not reacting at all because she is texting the entire time, <laughs> the entire time. Um, maybe she just needed a, a cool place with a comfortable chair to, to text her boyfriend or something. I don't know, but I, I'm just wondering to myself, why were you buying a ticket to come in here and then just text your friends or whoever? Um, it was the weirdest thing in the world. The movie was actually pretty decent, by the way. I liked it a lot. Um, it's one of those, it's a closed set kind of thing. And so very cheap to produce. Right. Because the majority of it takes place in a set that they've been able to build and a very small cast. And then it goes in some weird places in act three that I wasn't expecting it to go in mm. that I was as you're watching it, you're kind of thinking, well, where is this going to go? Could it go this way? Could it go that way? Well, no, because this is the kind of movie I'm seeing. It's a, it's a stage play right now. You know, like you could literally do the end of act one and all of act two as a stage play. <laughs> uh, just, you, you want a two layer, a two level stage. So you'd, you'd build in a, a, a higher level. So you just, so you can have extra rooms, um, you know, so, you, but you're building an apartment basically. And, and, you know, it, it could be a stage play, but anyway, that's, I've heard good things about it, but I'm hesitant to see it. Cause you said it was terrifying. I wouldn't say it's terrifying. It is. And there is, it's, it's very tense. There's a lot okay. of tension and it's good tension. Every time I watch a thriller, I, for some reason, I always end up watching it by myself at home alone in the dark. And I'm just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> well, that is personal life choices you are making <laughs> that is I so find, when I, I finally got wise and started to watch stranger things first thing in the morning so stranger then, things that's an episode we need to do yeah that's an episode it's we a, need to do it was a good sci-fi show you've, you've watched it through the whole way right i have yeah yeah so but back to killing joke <laughs> our tuesday night right, right? Uh, so okay, but you're missing a, you're missing something here because on the missing? on the way there and in the car and and we're we're going we're gonna go see the movie and we we get to talking about the original comic yeah and, yeah which I just read I I just reread I'm sorry for for us because we're gonna go see it right and so I read it the night before because we were considering the night before even a little bit but I have to I had a script I had to finish and I didn't want to be irresponsible. You know, and, and it's not good, finish ben. it. And it's good. Um, I was very, very close to having it done on Tuesday. And by close, I mean literally I had half a page left on that that script to finish. And, nice. And send in. And yeah, it was, it was good. And I was glad I did it. It's a fun script that I wrote uh, about Jude, actually. I, I told you about this. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, uh, not Jude, the, the book of the Bible, but uh, the Jude, the disciple. Jude the Disciple, that we only know one thing about. Although it turns out there may have been a mix-up, and so now I'm also doing Jude of the Bible as well. <laughs> uh, Jude, the book of the Bible. It's actually James and Jude, so it'll be about the brothers of Jesus. So oh, that's I, cool. I, that actually I think I'm much more excited about than doing Jude the book. Although Jude the book, as short as it is, and it is super short, that's a good book. Yeah, it's got some interesting stuff said. In that's it. an episode two. We need to be writing these down <laughs> because that – honestly could be a good episode because there's some interesting stuff about canon and legend. And I mean, Jude himself is referencing things that are not old right, Testament he's canon. 
He's referencing the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. Well, with uh, well, Moses and and the how Michael and Satan were arguing over right his remains. So yeah, in Jude, is that where he references the Book of Enoch? Or mm-hmm. okay, well he references Enoch. I don't remember if it's the Book of Enoch. Okay, Jude, Stranger Things. All right, now we need to get back to Killing Joke, though. So we're talking about Killing Joke the graphic novel. Do we want to talk about that right now, right here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll just kind of restructure our evening in some ways. Then, uh, this conversation about killing joke, the book, it's an interesting book because of what it does. It's a really, really dark take yeah. on the dark night. It is. And this is actually, I believe it was written not pre-Watchmen, but like during the time that Alan Moore was writing Watchmen. It's really close in there. Okay. And, you know, reading Killing Joke, it's it's kind of interesting because he, Alan Moore in Watchmen uses a nine panel grid. Now, that doesn't mean each each page has nine panels. It just means that each page is divided up into the same nine panel grid and it gets used in different ways. And so it might be used with nine panels, but it might be used with um, the first panel takes up the space of, say, uh, top tier panel one and two. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the size and shape of those two panels together. And right. then you have that third panel. And then the next row, you might have three panels. And then the final row, you might have just one panel, but it's the same size and shape the three would be. So it's that grid. Constant right. use of the grid does not break away from that except for in at the end of each chapter, there's fake magazine articles or fake um, book chapters from a book that would have been referenced within the comic itself. Right. And the, I, I have a book that's about uh, it's, it's all of, um, Oh, I wish I could remember the artist of, of Watchmen right now. <laughs> I feel kind of stupid, but it's, it's all of his uh, there's a bunch of his sketches and proposed page layouts and stuff like that. It's this giant hardcover book and reading it is really inspiring. It's really inspiring looking through and seeing all the different things that went into the making of Watchmen. And I will say this Watchmen as a book is a work of genius, comic book genius. It's possibly the best constructed uh, work by someone who is not doing both art and writing. If that makes sense. So, so I would agree. I would agree with you there. Um, there's, um, there's possibly others that are better but it's done by one person who does the whole thing who does. He writes it and he draws it right. And it's his idea or her idea. And when it's all done that they're the primary person and and there's some very special people out there who are able to do that. Well, this is Alan Moore who can't do that. He has really, really strong artists who are working with him. And I think this is the best collaboration in a graphic novel form of all time. Uh, as far as craft goes right structurally it's it like you said it's very very good as far as content goes oh throw it out the window there's problems yep (laughs) there's problems Uh, there's there's some good to it as well i i believe that that's one of those works of art that tries to say one thing but when all is said and done the message it's trying to present gets betrayed by the actual content Hmm. that is within another conversation for another day all that to say killing joke starts out and it's using that nine panel grid like it's there now it breaks away from it. But 
it's 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 there at first. When this was released, was this a special miniseries or was it part of like current run of Detective Comics? No, no, it was a an original graphic novel. Oh, just just straight uh, up the graphic novel. Well, just I mean, I call it original graphic novel. It was the prestige format. Okay. So you know the thing that and they did it with Elseworlds. Quite. A oh, bit, gotcha. You know, where okay. It's that what sixty four page. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's sixty four pages, you can do the saddle stitch, which the staples, you know, or you can do a perfect binding. Right. And and so it was that prestige format. And, and this wasn't an Elseworlds book. No. This no. was canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much they intended it to be, but it, this is before Elseworlds, though. Okay. I, I think, anyway. Um, but anyway, it features some really horrific violence. It features torture, both physical and emotional and mental. I mean, it's, it goes into some dark, dark places. It's got nudity in it also, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's partial nudity, I'll put it that way. Okay. But um, this is where in the very, you know, toward the beginning of the book, Joker has a surprise attack and he cripples Barbara Gordon by shooting her. And we're spoiling some of the, the setup here, I guess, but we're not spoiling the end. I don't want to spoil the end of Killing Joke. Um, we'll talk. Maybe that's another conversation for another day. But uh, it is a horrifically violent act acted upon her, shooting her. Um, there is metaphorical elements to the attack that absolutely could be taken as uh, sexual violence against her. Um the, where he shoots her in the gut, uh, that also then hits her spine. And later on, we're going to find out she's paralyzed. And this is something that happens to her character in continuity. Mm-hmm. And so she's she um, has been paralyzed. She's a, a paraplegic uh, after this attack on her. Um, and then more horrific things happen to her and to Commissioner Gordon. And Batman has to get you know, involved because it's Batman and Joker and the whole thing. Killing joke is about Batman and Joker. It's about their war against each other. It's about how far is the war going to go? How far can Joker push Batman and what will happen in the end? Well, that I don't want to spoil, but it is definitely about those two men. Everyone else in the story is there to prop up Batman and Joker as they are fighting each other and doing things to these other people or helping other people um, while these things are being done to them. But it's, it's Batman and Joker. It's them. What, what were we talking about then in the car? Well, you're we talking about reminiscing, it, yeah, reminiscing about the book and, and yeah. about how we didn't really like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so then we were talking about, you know, Ben, Ben was throwing out some stuff like, well, we don't need to see it. We don't have to see it. And, and you know, I was like, okay, well, let's go see it. So we go in to the theater, and there's only a few seats left. Yeah, we buy. Lots of people are seeing this movie. We have to get two seats in the very back. But we were saying, you know, if we can't, if we don't get seats together, do we really want to do this? We want to go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So we, we were think we were looking at all the other. Uh, movies that were there and nothing was really jumping out at us so well nothing started at that time we were it was a 10 o'clock showing everything else anything else we were interested in would have started already or 
was started really late. 1045. Yeah. Not doing that. So we bought the tickets and then we go in to buy the drink. Because I was thirsty. I mean, yeah. I was thirsty. <laughs> I wanted a drink. I needed a big old Diet Coke. And uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, but I was going to get one anyway. Um, well, how did this conversation get started then, Ben? Um, uh, we started talking about reviews that we had seen online. And I was just, I just said, I don't really know if I want to see this. I don't know if I'm right in the right mood for this. You know, I've got a lot going on right now. Um, there's some health issues with some of the people in my family and, and, you know, work is getting crazy stressful because we're trying to, we're in the middle of a volunteer recruitment. And if you work at a church in children's ministry or youth ministry, when you hit that volunteer recruitment period of time, um, I mean the whole year you're doing volunteer recruitment, I guess, but there's a period in time where you're getting ready to start your new programming and you have to go out and recruit again. It's not fun. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's difficult. It is not the fun part of children's ministry. Uh, it, it just isn't. And so I was, yeah, I, I don't know if we can see this. I, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. And, and Ben was telling me about some of the spoilers that he had read online, which I was not aware of. And that kind of, reinforce the deal for me so i was like eh. well the beginning of the movie is new material like okay everything i hear is that the first half hour to 45 minutes of the movie is new material that they've created and added in and and i'm not going to get into the details of that and spoilers of that um partially i haven't seen it <laughs> because right well that's what happened next is we left <laughs> yeah we said you know what let's just get our money back let's let's see if we can uh, see if there's a good showing, uh, movie showing at the other theater across town. We you know, nothing here at this time, but yeah. So we got on our phones, we looked as we were returning our tickets, and there was a 10:20 showing of Ghostbusters. So we decided to drive across town and go see Ghostbusters. So we did. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it had been a road trip episode, that would have been a lot of fun. Yes, because it, it would have been, been us. In the car, get in the theater, shut it off, and then getting back in and say, "Hey, you know what? We didn't see the movie." I mean, it would have been, <laughs> it would have been fun. Yes, um, but yeah, that's why this episode is not the Killing Joke review. No, it's, it's not. It's our Killing Killing Joke uh, experience. Is that what I said? I can't remember now what, what yeah. we called this, but um, yeah. <laughs> so as we were driving across town, we did have more conversation about Killing Joke. Yeah. Um, because we talked about uh, what it meant for Barbara Gordon and for her character and how a lot of people were saying, but with without Killing Joke, you wouldn't have gotten Oracle, who's this great character who's overcoming, uh, you know, being a, a survivor of violence and who is overcoming, um, you know, physical disability to, you know, but showing that she has worth and value, even though she has a physical disability. And and it's a it's it's an inspiration, really. Barbara Gordon is an inspiration to many, many people, mm -hmm. which is all true except for one thing. They didn't intend for that stuff. Killing they... Joke had nothing to do with any of that stuff other than it was the thing that happened. It was the thing that made her have the violence that is in now in, in her past and made her have the physical effects from that violence that, that caused her to be a paraplegic. And all of those things that are good – are things that happened later on with other creators who basically started redeeming her character. And, you know, there, there's a spiritual 
uh, thought there that you can that you can really hold on to. I think because we have things in life that happen that you know are caused by people or caused by you know things that are just out of our control, mm-hmm. like a killing joke from the Joker. You know uh, that was intended for one thing. Her everything that happened to her in Killing Joke was f- for Joker and for Batman to further their story. Her story was not a consideration in the graphic novel, but then her story, when it was going on to be told by other creators, they turned it around and they said, okay, we're going to make her do this. And you know what? She's not going to get a magical healing because you know what? That doesn't always happen. And she's going to be in this wheelchair, but you know what? It doesn't matter because she has value and we're going to have her have this adventure. We're going to have her have this uh, story arc and, and we're going to have her become a new hero, really. And, you know, she's, she's got these, this now horrific thing in her past, but she's surviving it and she's overcoming it. Mm-hmm. And all of that good that came out of the killing joke was not intended because, by the people when they were making killing joke. It, it just wasn't. And so we had a good conversation about that. And, um, but, Ultimately, it didn't matter because we didn't see the movie. Right. Because <laughs> I was ready, man. When we came in and we were to talk about Killing Joke, that was be part of the review was let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about people's reactions to to that. And and now I can't really speak to if they were able to fix it or not uh, as far as trying to give her a little bit more uh, more choice, more of her own arc where it's actually her story and not just her story there to further Batman and Jokers. Um, and, and another thing I'll say in the defense of killing joke, it's not just Barbara Gordon, everyone in that story, every single character is there to prop up Batman and, and Joker's story. Um, and in some ways you, you just can't get around that uh, other than to say, okay, well if we want to not have a woman propping up a man's story, well, then let's take all all the women out, you know, and not have any women at all, so we can have it be these two men who are going at each other, and all of the um, collateral damage is is all male, and I think that's the wrong way to go. I don't know if there is a right way to go, other than it is unfortunately a trope that that does happen. That um, if if it wasn't always women or almost always women, it wouldn't be a problem to do another story like that. But because it has been traditional, like in, in the eighties action movies, you know, like what gets the action hero to, to go into action, his girlfriend gets kidnapped or his wife gets killed mm-hmm. or his wife and children gets killed, you know, and, and that's what puts him into action. And since it's consistently that, and it's a good motivation too. It's a strong motivation. You can't yeah. get a much stronger motivation than your spouse. Something's happened to them. Um, but the question is, how can you go about doing that story with the knowledge that every story is like that? Not every story, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. It, it happens so often that you do have to be careful because it is cliche now. It's And it's it's a cliche that I think can be harmful. All that to say, we didn't go to Killing Joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we pull in to the theater across town. It's empty. Yeah. I mean, there's 30 cars there 
And this is the better theater, in my opinion. Now, maybe it's I'm wrong now because of all of the um, the, the new the, seats, the reclining the new, seating, or whatever. Right. But the thing is, the, and this is my theory, they ripped out half of their seats. I mean, they they their auditoriums used to hold a certain number, and right. now their auditoriums hold half that money, but they're filling up more. Like I'm, I'm wondering if that's the the trade off is they they have fewer seats to fill, but they actually end up having a net gain of of actual movie viewers who actually pay for a seat in an evening, right? Um, but we pulled into the other one, which has much cheaper ticket prices, and it's a really nice theater, and it's a nice theater, yeah. and it's a newer theater. Um, the the one with the reclining seatings, the reclining seats are new. But the theater itself, the building is is much much older, mm. and uh, yeah. So this <laughs> this theater, thirty forty cars in the parking lot. We go in, you know, we'd already paid for our tickets because I, I I bought our tickets in the other parking lot at the other theater on my phone, <laughs> just in case you know it, it was, was sold out. It was really busy or something. Yeah. Well, no, 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 it wasn't. We walk in, um, we get our popcorn, and I get my diet coke, which is a whole other. That was a whole other thing. Oh man. yes, because the guy, okay, he makes he makes us our drinks, right? And he gives it to us, and he's like, "Okay, uh, so I forgot which one was which." So there's a regular Coke and a Diet Coke. I want the Diet Coke. I don't want the sugar. Regular Coke gives me headaches because really? of the sugar. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And, and I want the regular Coke, obviously. <laughs> so we're like, okay. He's like, okay. So you can go ahead and taste them. So Ben pulls out a straw and he's drinking out of his, and he's like, I can't tell. I can't. So like, I, I I put a straw in each one, and I'm drinking, and I'm like, they both taste so similar. And it wasn't Diet Coke; it was Coke Zero. Right. So maybe that was it. I don't know because that's supposed to taste more like. I can't tell. A, I there's a difference in the taste, but what I'm really looking for is the aftertaste, like that diet aftertaste that people complain right. about that doesn't bother me. And it's just nope can't tell can't tell and so you tried it i tried actually i think i only tried one did i try both of them you tried both you put your straw on both yeah okay, you yeah. couldn't tell and i could i couldn't tell <laughs> right then there either so then we're like okay what do we do can we can we dump them both out and he's like no just dump one out no 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 no. i suggest that because when we asked him can we just dump them out and have you refill them it, it was like a oh i don't know yeah. You know, and I'm just like, well, they're large. We can get a refill anyway. But he, he's just, I don't know. And so that was my idea. My idea then was, okay, how about, because it didn't matter to you if you got the Coke Zero or the regular Coke. That's what I said in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And and to me, it did matter. And so I said, why don't we just pour out one and then Evan can take whatever the leftover one is. Oh, yeah, 50-50 chance, chance yeah. that he's going to get the right one, but then you refill just the one, you know, and so with the right thing for me. So 100% chance for me, right? Right. Um, and so you were confused by I it. was confused by the whole thing. I'm like, wait, okay, so <laughs> if we refill one, how do we know that Ben – getting the right one i didn't understand yeah yeah and then, then, I, then but then when you ask that pull question, up charts when, when you ask that question you could see the guy behind the the things he's like oh no wait yeah that would work because your question <laughs> jogged it in his head like oh that would work then that makes sure he, he's gonna get what he's gonna get right. and 
So Why then he just does dump both of them. <laughs> so he does it. So we have our drink. He gets our popcorn, and we turn around to walk away. I hadn't paid yet. He's like, "Oh wait, wait, wait! Like, what? You need, you need to pay? Oh yeah, I guess I that's, do. That's important." Like then I'm wondering, does he think this is just all a scam? Like to try and just like get things confusing. It's a shell game. <laughs> yeah, like we're just trying to confuse him, just throw him off, and then we can slip away, you know. But um, so I paid and. So we take our popcorn and our drinks and we go to the theater and we walk it, in. Oh, man, the trailers had already started. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, OK, that's OK. We're not missing any of the movie. I really hope we can just get in, get our seats. Hopefully they'll be the good middle seats that I like to get because I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and so we walk in and we come around the corner. And there is no one in the theater. It is completely empty. It is completely empty. <laughs> no one. So our popcorn got its own seat. Uh, yeah, because, you know, it's a large popcorn. We're going to share it, right? So the popcorn right. gets its own seat. Um, we get the that prime middle row up middle seat. That's just the perfect spot to sit for any movie, 3D or otherwise. We weren't seeing Ghostbusters in 3D. And by the way, I'm just going to brag right now, okay? We saw this movie for six bucks. We did. You know, this is... We bragged about this before. And I'm bragging about it again. We've got a theater (laughs) in town, $6 ticket. When we went to see Killing Joke, that ticket was $11.50. You're paying for those comfy seats. Yeah. Well, Fathom Event. Oh, is it more expensive too? There's no special pricing for Fathom events. Eleven fifty is about how much a regular ticket costs where I used to live in DC. Like for anything you want to go see, it's like ten bucks. Well, it gets way up there for like Los Angeles and stuff, but Mm -hmm. no, for (laughs) AMC theater here in South Bend, six bucks. um, We get our seats, and the the you know the nice voice on the screen is telling us to turn off our phones telling us not to talk and i'm just like yeah whatever yeah this is our theater man i was like this talking is, is our night ben. yeah it's distracting so we didn't have to save seats i just went you know i was able to go to the bathroom not have to worry about any of that stuff um yeah and so then the movie started we watched ghostbusters we did and when it was done we walked out of the theater there were three cars in the parking lot <laughs> Three cars in the parking lot. And I'm sure two of those belong to the remaining staff. We walked out of the theater and the the lights in the concession area and the ticket booth area were low. Like it was dark as if like the place had been shut down and you just have a couple lights on just so someone can see like if they need to get through from one door to the next or something like that. It was dark and weird. And then we walked out in the parking lot and there's three cars it was quite an experience. Yeah. Quite an experience. Um, yeah, so that's our killing joke experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite enjoyable. Very, yeah. Oh, and by the, by the way, I figured out as we got in the movie theater and the movie started that I did indeed have your Coke Zero, Ben. Did you? Yes, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> you could have gone, dumped it out, and gotten a refill, though. I could have. Because we bought large. Yep. Coulda, well, shoulda. actually, we bought me- medium. We got upgraded for free. We are Stubbs members, yeah. 
That was all on my card, by the way. Yeah. Yes, I I should pay you back. So I get the well, I get the bonus points. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yes, I get the points for the purchase. Yeah. Okay. So this is like our last movie going experience. Um, I bought a ticket. Ben bought a ticket for himself, but then he also bought my ticket. Yeah. Did you get money back for that? By the way. No, I didn't. Did you try? Yeah. Oh. I tried calling, and man, they're like. Because they wouldn't refund you in the theater, you had to call their eight hundred yeah, number. Weird. Yeah, we could have asked like for that. a manager. We should. We should have asked for a manager. Yeah, they, they could have done it then. But. Oh well. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Do you want to talk about Ghostbusters at all? We can talk about it a little bit. I was. I didn't like it. Really? Yeah, I'm just gonna say it there. I didn't like it. Why not? Um, they because had lots of. When we got done, when the movie was done, I didn't want to talk too much about it because I wanted to talk on the, on the podcast about right. it. But I did say I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to. And you said, so did I for the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, okay. So there's, there's a couple things, a couple things. One, I felt like structurally, uh, the movie was haphazardly thrown together with like darts on a wall. Um, and then number, number two, it had a lot of ghosts in it. Are you, you ain't afraid of no ghosts? <laughs> I I'm not necessarily afraid of no ghosts. Which, by uh, the way, is a double negative. So the person in the song and the people in the movies who say I ain't afraid of no ghosts, what they're really saying is I am afraid at least of some ghosts. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Don't want to ruin it for you if you're a fan of the song from 30 years ago you've been a fan of a song that's gotten it all wrong yeah anyway continue. Well, i was telling ben i i've never even seen the other ghostbusters movies yes i know i know i haven't seen them i've seen maybe like 10 minutes of one uh on tv one time with the giant uh marshmallow stuff guy part that part yeah but other than that, no, this is this is my first one that I had seen. And uh yeah, you guys know how I feel about supernatural stuff. And even though it was silly supernatural stuff, I still didn't like it. Um and I'll I'll just throw this out there. I have seen all three Ghostbusters movies now. Uh and just real brief, the first one is classic because of the actors. Really, I mean more than anything else, it's the the right guys doing the thing. And having the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's attitude that carries the whole thing. It's it's sarcasm. It's snark. It's Bill Murray being Bill Murray. It's Dan Aykroyd being Dan Aykroyd. Um, and it's a, a cult classic would be pretty pretty well pretty, pretty much the, the right description for it. Uh, and and I think it deserves that kind of status as far as the kind of thing that it is. The second movie is really not great. There's some moments, but it's not great. It's I, I don't recommend anyone try and seek it out unless you like the first one so much you want to see more of <laughs> those guys doing that stuff. But it really is literally, Evan, you remember in the last one when you liked this? We're going to do it again because you liked it the first time, right? You're going to gotcha. love it this time. There's gotcha. a lot of that. Um, the difference being like the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in the first one. Mm-hmm. In the second one, they bring the Statue of Liberty to life. <laughs> And it's okay. walking around, but it's the good guys. And okay. so I remember seeing commercials in, I think it was 1989 
with that. But I remember seeing commercials and, and being like, oh, come on, the Statue of Liberty is the bad guy instead of the Marshmallow Man? Well, no. They use the Statue of Liberty to defeat the bad guy. And mm. it's the good guys who they drive it around and it's walking around town and all of New York is behind them now because it's the Statue of Liberty. You oh, know? goodness. And it's very much a, a, you know, a New Yorker kind of thing. But right. Um, yeah, I, I that's really not worth tracking down, though, for anyone. And honestly, for you, I would say don't even bother with the first Ghostbusters movie unless you really want to see what it's all about. Right. Um, I think you'd enjoy the. Well, no. If you like, <laughs> if you like Bill Murray, I do like Bill Murray. Then you would enjoy him doing his Bill Murray, Bill Murray shtick. Gotcha. All right, but that's that's probably the most you'd get out of it. So, but back What'd to you think this, of this movie. Um, I, su- I was surprised how much I liked it, and here's why. There's, you know, I'm going to go through my list now. Uh, I was expecting to not like it very much because I don't like Melissa McCarthy. Um the movies that, that she's been in that I've seen her in, I haven't enjoyed. Let me just go on record and say, I had no idea who any of those girls okay. were. Well, Melissa McCarthy, I did know of, and I've seen her in a few things. Is she the main girl? Yeah. She's the one. No, no, no. She, I wouldn't call her the main girl. She was top build, but she's the one who, um, uh, as far as the scientists go, mm-hmm. uh, would be the main scientist. Uh, who published the book? The ashamed of no, of, no, no, the other one, the other one. Okay, the other one who was already doing the ghost stuff before, um, before Aaron Aaron came in. Gotcha. Um, Kristen Wiig, I liked her in Saturday Night Live a lot when I was actually watching Saturday Night Live. So that's a few years ago. Um, now on Sunday mornings, I'm getting up at five thirty because <laughs> I have to work, and I'm not staying up to watch Saturday Night Live. Um, and so Kristen Wiig, I liked in Saturday Night Live, but I've started kind of not liking to see her. Like when she shows up in something, I'm just, oh, come on. Because she does kind of the same character. She's asked to do kind of the same character. Um, I haven't seen her do much as far as um, dramatic stuff. But when she shows up in a movie and is is being her goofy self, and basically the character she plays in this movie is a toned down version of what she does in, in other movies I've seen her in. So I was just getting kind of tired of, of her. The other ones, um, rats, who are they? There I don't was, know. Well, I'm looking it up. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Uh, who, she's the blonde one. Okay. Um, she, I had seen in a couple commercials. I guess she's a Saturday Night Live person now as well. But um, I've seen her in some commercials and I thought she was really funny. And then there's Leslie Jones, and she's another one who I guess she's Saturday Night Live now, but I haven't seen her do anything. Um, but I've seen her in some commercials, and actually the the one car commercial I've seen her in, my kids and I love it. It's funny. It's, it's oh, is that so. the one where she's uh like the officer pulls her over and she's like, oh hey there, officer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, and, or she's uh looking for her car in a yes, car, yes. And she's, but- uh, and she's like hi car or something like yeah. that. Just the yeah. way she says. Hey car or high car, whatever it is that she says. She's talking to everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. And I, I like her in those commercials. I couldn't tell you anything about her from Saturday Night Live. So half the cast, I'm like, I've seen you in commercials. I like you. And the other half is I'm getting kind of tired of you in what I am seeing. Um, and I will give to give Melissa McCarthy the benefit of the doubt. I have not seen her in very much. 
I've just seen her in a, in a couple things. And um, Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is the original Ghostbuster? I mean, you probably already answered my question with the Statue of Liberty thing from Ghostbusters 2, but is the original Ghostbusters like that nonsensical? What do you mean by nonsensical? Like where the where the mayor and his assistants are like, oh yeah, we know about ghosts, but yeah, we're just we need to fake arrest you. Not nonsense. Oh my gosh, it was that is story arc right there. Whatever. No, no, no. It's funny. This is this movie is about terrorism, my friend. This movie is all about people in authority saying, okay, yeah, we know there's problems, but we don't want to talk about this. You know, we don't want the people to have to think about this because if they start having to think about what the reality is of things that are going on, then they're going to go crazy. And we can't let that happen. They need to think they're safe. And so if you're out there telling them they're not safe, then that, that disrupts everything. And they're trying to keep everything in the dark and it's comedy. That's the thing, Evan is, this is a comedy movie. This is not a horror movie. This is not a sci-fi movie, really. At its heart, it's a comedy movie. It's a, it's about the jokes. And I think what set it off for me is the beginning, the very, very beginning of the movie. There's a guy from The Office, and he he starts the movie off with his tour of a haunted uh, house. You know, it's like this museum-type house. Mm-hmm. And turns out he's faking the haunting right you know and but then it turns out he's not you know it turns out there really is a a ghost there but it's been brought there by a ghost bomb like it's this these little devices that are kind of planted from place to place that's totally reminds me of like a uh uh, like a homemade you know dirty bomb or or something like that it's a guy going around planting these little bombs that's going to cause the ghosts to be able to cross over into our world and so he he's placing these bombs and he's a terrorist, you know, he's a, um, now it's a, it's a homegrown terrorist. It's more of a, you know, a, a political guy. Oh, he's not really political though, but you know, he'd be compared to, you know, a, an American who's going around and, and placing like bombs and mailboxes or something right. like that, you know, and this, that, <laughs> I, I'm laughing at that stuff. Like you're saying that's ridiculous. I'm laughing because it is ridiculous it is no i'm just it is parody of reality yeah i guess, where I guess. our government does keep things secret from us and they're saying you know, but then they take it to the extreme we're gonna have to fake arrest you see i just i i guess i was expecting more like an ant-man comedy where it's funny throughout the whole thing but they take it seriously. See, what you're wanting is the original they, Ghostbusters. They did not. The, the original Ghostbusters. There's some ridiculous moments, but original Ghostbusters is characters telling jokes in situations. Right. But the situations are not meant to be off the wall ridiculous. It's meant to be more or less our world. Um, but there, it's the characters who make you laugh right. because of the stuff that they're doing and that's what i was expecting but then what you're getting to is the moment that you thought felt it was comedy is is it when he ran up the stairs yeah right right then i'm just it's stupid and it's funny and, and <laughs> okay and it wasn't just that though i mean his his jokes as he's giving the tour and he's talking about um well this is the place where pt barnum decided he was going to enslave elephants <laughs> like it's just things like that, that was funny. it's jokes it's it's not i mean ghostbusters the first one and the second one had jokes but this one is meant to, it's just jokes all over the place 
So Ben, let's let's uh, let's talk about this. Which one of the which which moment in this movie was like a killer joke? Which which what was the funniest part? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you have. I'm trying to tie us back into the killing joke. You see what I did there? Yeah. Oh, I see. Subtle. I see what it's you're subtle. saying. Yeah, that yeah. was so subtle that I missed it. Uh. I'm pretty sure our listeners didn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> There was a there was some lines I did laugh out loud. I mean, I'm I, there. You were talking out loud, but not laughing too much out loud. You were the guy who was sitting there, and and like there's a Kristen Wiig is telling the story about this ghost <laughs> that used to come and visit her, and you're like, so you need to move out of that house. Yeah, you know. And, and there was, was another just... part where there was a ghost, yeah. and you're like, uh, okay, I this is where you run away. This yeah. is where you run away. Why? <laughs> um, Absolutely. It's because she's like, yeah, I woke up every night for like 10 years and the ghost was always at the foot of my bed staring at me. One I'm like, year. One good year. grief, woman. Leave. <laughs> Do not no, stay in that story. house. See, this is what I liked about the story. Ouch. I don't want to spoil too much. Although it's a comedy, so there's not a lot necessarily. There's not a lot of story to spoil here. Uh, you know what's going to happen. They're going to have ghosts. There's going to be more and more and more ghosts, and the ghosts are going to get busted. Uh, you, you know that's going to happen because that's traditional. And they get to that where you, you get, okay, the jokes are kind of over. We're going to you know, spend time busting ghosts now. But they still did some jokes. But um, <laughs> that's her story is all about how kids found out that she was seeing a psychologist because her parents took her to see the psychologist because she believed her next door neighbor, the ghost of her next door neighbor was standing at the foot of her bed, just staring at her every night, which is super creepy. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, even knowing if it's not true, you know, that's super creepy. They don't show it that she talks about it. And then we find out that the other, um, ghostbuster who's the, you have two normal ones. Okay. You have two normal ones who are competent scientists. Then you have the blonde one, who is manic, weird and, yeah. and offbeat. And she's um, a scientist as well. And then you have uh, Leslie Jones, uh, Patty, who um, is the normal person who is us, the every person. Uh, and she's learning all about all this stuff. Uh, but she's also part of the team as well. And mm-hmm. so <clears> the, <throat> of the two normal scientists, um, they're, they're childhood friends. And that's where their friendship started was Melissa McCarthy found out that Kristen Wiig had had this happen to her and, and she accepts her, you know? And so she's and believes her and believes her. Yeah. And, and so that f- created a friendship that led to the writing of a book. And they're all learning about what happens with, with ghosts, what kind of ghosts are, you know, what's this kind of ghost, that kind of ghost, different kinds of apparitions. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that what they're talking about actually comes from some real classifications in, you know, paranormal activity or whatever, uh, similar to like close encounters of the third kind, you know, where you have the different levels and that's based on a real life thing that some guy created. But, um, so they've, they've done this and they've done the research and there's some science behind it. Uh, and, and that's the idea here is, is Ghostbusters is a universe similar to Thor or to the, the Marvel cinematic universe where there's science to the ghosts, there's science to the supernatural and you can use science to affect this supernatural realm. 
but um, the question is, is, is there any, the question is you're using science to explore the supernatural. It's just, I don't know if in this, the context of the movie supernatural is meant to be supernatural or if it is something beyond science and something, you know, the soul or whatever. But um, anyway, they became friends and they were outcasts together. And now they, they fell apart and now they're coming back together and realizing ghosts are real. They're experiencing ghosts in ways they never had before other than theoretically. And once again, they're kind of outcasts together. And, and as they become outcasts, they become closer again. Um, and then your bad guy, it's a similar situation. He is an outcast. But the difference, he's, he's funny. Yeah. The difference is <laughs> he is an outcast who plans revenge. Yes. And so he's not looking for someone to connect with. He is planning to re- have revenge on anyone who has rejected him. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Brain from Pinky and the Brain. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So anyway, the, the jokes hit with me, though. Um, I didn't laugh at every single one, but I laughed at enough and it was at a, a constant enough pace for me. Um, one of my favorites, and I'm going to, I'm just going to spoil this one right now, but, um, ghosts are in New York, right? And mm-hmm. the government people, the mayor in his office and the FBI are denying it. And Kristen Wiig comes in and interrupts a dinner for them. And there's some funny stuff there, but she interrupts the dinner and she's like, don't be like the mayor in Jaws. And the mayor just looks at her and says, never compare me to the mayor in Jaws. Never. <laughs> never compare me to the Jaws mayor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Never compare me to the Jaws mayor. It was so <laughs> funny. I love that line because, you know, going back to Jaws, that, again, that becomes a, a parody of the government. That becomes, you know, this, you know, we, we need to make money here. And, and that's the important thing. Okay. Um, yeah. my, my favorite part of the whole movie. The thing that made the movie for me was Chris Hemsworth. Really? Oh my gosh. He was hilarious. He's just, his character is so stupid. Like not, he's not like he's a stupid character, but his character is mentally not (laughs) there. (laughs) And, and, uh, yeah. And you know what I learned about that? What? Um, and and this is the, the first movie, the first Ghostbusters movie, a lot of that was ad-libbed. Um, I guess a lot of this is Chris Hemsworth ad-libbing. That's incredible. You know, and you can kind of see it because there, there's a number of his scenes where it's just him, like the camera is locked in and it's just him kind of sitting at a desk or standing by a desk doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I almost wonder how much of that was just them holding up a camera and saying, okay, we're going to, we'll choose the best stuff Go yeah. for it, you know. Because, man, he, he had some funny stuff. He did. He had some yeah. funny timing, and it was it was good stuff. It was ridiculous. I mean, you want to talk about over the top. He was yeah. playing that character so over the top. There was oh, no yeah. basis in reality for that character. <laughs> um, you can't be that dumb and survive on this planet. <laughs> well, you can. I think you can. But, I mean, he yeah, – it's – I don't want to give away again, you know, if you're going to see the movie, I don't want to give away all the jokes and, and give away all the punchlines and stuff like that. But, um, but then he, he shows range in this movie too. So it was, yeah, 
Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's for me, it's, it's one of those where I would say, you know what, this, if you need something that's just kind of a quiet, funny movie that, that get, that hits a sci-fi itch, then, then I'd say go for it. You know, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't say I would recommend it for everyone, but there's, there's some goofiness to it. There's some, there's some real heart to it. There's, there's some friendships and that's the thing. The two characters I expected to not like the most, they were the ones who carried me through the movie, their relationship, their friendship. Um, and it wasn't the kind of thing where, okay, they're going to be enemies throughout the whole thing. And then the climax brings them together. It really be, is a thing where basically like the act one break, they start their friendship up again. And, and now it's just about watching them together and, and rebuild their friendship. So I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I did not expect to, but I did. And it was, it was a decent experience. Well worth the six bucks. I'll say that. Yeah. Too many ghosts for me. Yeah, but here's the other thing. They really creeped me out, Ben. They were some creepy ghosts in there. Especially that uh, that electric chair one. Yeah. He was creepy. They were creepy. They were creepy. I mean, I say this is a comedy movie, but it, it definitely falls into that category of horror comedy, like Gremlins or or Ghostbusters, the original um, where it's not just making fun of horror movies. It's using the horror movie tropes to make fun of horror movies and to have fun with horror movies. And so, yeah, those ghosts, there is some creepiness to them. The balloon, the parade balloons, <laughs> those were creepy. Those. Yeah. <laughs> they were creepy in a different way though yeah no they were creepy yeah. in a i don't know like 1920s this is supposed to be children's entertainment kind of way <laughs> yeah, yeah when you look at like every once in a while it'll come up on facebook around halloween you know like can you believe people wore this as a costume <laughs> and, yeah and it's not meant to be scary it's meant to be like oh that's a rabbit <laughs> that guy is really insane if he was alive today but back then it was just materials they had at hand i guess yeah yep. so but i here's the other thing though watching this there was an element and maybe again it was because that i was with the characters and yeah it's a comedy movie but the characters and there was some arc to them uh but maybe it's because i was with them so much that I'm, I was kind of taken along with what they're getting out of their whole situation, but it's them experiencing and discovering a reality beyond our reality. And no one believes them. No one believes that they are actually experiencing it. And so it's, you're, you're crazy. You're ridiculous. You're stupid. You're, you're fired, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, there's a, there's a part of that that resounds with me as, as a Christian, yep. you know, where you have people who, who will look at you and say, that's stupid. How can you believe that? How can you even think that? How could you as a rational human being believe that there's something beyond what you can see? Well, how a big part of that is because well, I've experienced beyond what I can see. Mm -hmm. 
And I've spoken to people who have experienced beyond what they can see. And, you know, there is evidence, you know, that, that supports there being things beyond what we can see. And so there, there was an element of that where I was, I was just feeling their plight of, you know, you've got to believe us there's danger. And no, 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 there's not. No. And, and then it shows up and it's real. And this happens in movies. You know, this is, you know, you'll have people making movies like this who I'm guessing don't believe the things that we believe. And so when they make this, it's kind of a, boy, can you imagine what it would be like to discover <laughs> there's another world beyond what we can see and, mm-hmm. and no one will believe you and, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, so I, I mean, that, that part did resound with me and it, yeah, it just made me just take this one step deeper. It's not a deep movie, not by any stretch. It's, no, no, it's not a deep movie. It's not a really thought provoking movie. The ideas of friendship and of standing together and, you know, not letting people, not leaving people behind. Those are very simplistic, you know, far more simplistic even than Star Trek Beyond. Um, it, it, it was, it, but it, it still had heart. It had some heart behind it. So I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I went in not expecting to like half the cast and liking everyone. I went in not expecting to really like the movie all that much. But knowing it was a comedy instead of killing joke was probably more what I was looking for (laughs) that night. So, yeah, it was fun. And our popcorn bag, he had fun, too. He was sitting right between us. Yep. Yep. And as we ate his brains. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really gross. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Again, I don't want to spoil the jokes, but they're there. And. I probably will watch it again. I here's why. I heard there's going to be an extended edition. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I enjoy there's a there are there's not like a post-credit scene. Yes, there is. There is a post-credit there scene. There is a post-credit scene. But uh so stay gonna, to the very very end. Yeah. I was going to say though, even if there wasn't, they they play uh footage throughout the entire credits. Uh and it's it's pretty funny stuff. Yeah. And uh some of the footage is kind of reminding me of like old eighties movies where they do like these short scenes from the movie you just watched. You know, you just watch this movie, but here's that funny line again, or here's that funny physical gag. But then there's a deleted scene that probably would have disrupted the pacing if they kept it in the movie. Right. But this was perfect to be able to see it. Like you, you wondered if that's what happened because of the way they frame it in the movie, you're like, are we missing the whole scene where they do this? And then you get to the end credits and they do it <laughs> and they do it for a very long time. It's a yes, very long uh, scene. It's a very, um, it was a very expensive scene. <laughs> and, and so you could see where they spent a lot of time, uh, crafting the scene and I'm glad it didn't go to waste. So, yeah, and, it, and it, it's once again showing Chris Hemsworth uh, doing stuff that's it you wouldn't normally associate with him. It is not Thor, yeah. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, uh, I 
had an enjoyable time for some of it, and then I was creeped out for the rest of it. So <laughs> don't don't know if I can recommend it to anybody unless you're just a diehard Chris Hemsworth fan because, man, I, he made the movie for me. Yeah. All told, I think I've been pretty clear that I'm pretty high on the movie. It's not oh, what yeah. I'm going to buy. I'm not going to buy it. But I do want to try and see if there is if there's an extended edition. That's one that I could I could see putting in for a Friday night when the kids are in bed. My wife is in bed, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. I just need to to, to chill out and just um, disengage for a moment. And um, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I feel. I bought the uh, BVS extended edition. Yeah, how yeah. was that for you? It was eh. Okay. Okay. Not necessary. Because you liked BVS anyway, Batman versus Superman. I do. I th- I didn't like it as much the second time because I watched the extended version. I think it might be it just makes it a little too long. I think it also might be I'm not in the movie theater. Hmm. Um, but it does a nice job of fleshing out uh, Clark Kent's story and giving him more reason to dislike Batman and kind of makes that whole thing make a little more sense. Yeah. So our next uh, Batman movie is Suicide Squad. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Comes out next month, doesn't it? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yes, it does. Comes out on the 5th. So speaking of Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we should mention our YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Because we have a YouTube channel. We do. And it's... Uh, on our YouTube channel, there is a video right now. It's Batman versus Superman. It's an uh, animated video. So You can also find it on our Facebook page, just recently posted. Yeah. Um, and we, we made it ourselves, and we're, we are proud of it. Yeah, we've uh, – the, the channel itself uh, is its – well, I don't know how, what our direct link is, but – but if you go and search Strangers and Aliens on YouTube, you should be able to find it. Um, and we are going to attempt to be releasing new videos every week along with our podcast episodes. It'll be close to every week. Let's put it yep. that way because I don't want to put any undue pressure. But video is more time-consuming than audio to create. It is. So, yeah. But there's we've, we've got some things planned. We'll see what, what comes out of it. But uh, right now we've got some short – cartoons on there and a uh, a teaser for an upcoming uh, topic for the the audio podcast mm-hmm. so and there's yeah. more coming yep so we've got that to talk about oh and then episode 200 is coming and we do have a date now a, a date f- where we would like to get your um it, it can be as long or as short as you want but your list for our episode 200 the topic for episode 200 is 200 of the greatest stories of all time. And when we're talking about the greatest stories of all time, we're talking about science, and fantasy really is. But when I say sci-fi and fantasy, I mean the loose definition of sci-fi and fantasy that we use here, um, which I'm, I'm thinking about using a new phrase and I don't know if anyone else is using this. And if they are, then great. I'm, I, I don't claim to be the most original person in the universe, but um, speculative fantasy, I think covers everything. I think it covers superheroes. I think it covers sci-fi. I think it covers fantasy. 
but it recognizes that a lot of science fiction isn't actually scientific. Right. Even when it tries to be, it ends up, you know, still ha- having a, an element of magic to it as far as there's no reason for this to happen other than the author is trying to make it sound plausible. Right. Um, it covers it covers horror. It covers a whole lots of uh, just different things. But speculative fantasy. I don't know if it'll catch on, but spec fantasy. Spec fan. Spec fan. Spec fantasy. I think it has to be spec fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Spec fantasy. We'll see if it catches on here anyway. Hashtag spec fantasy. If it doesn't catch on within my own conversations, then we'll know if it really is, is <laughs> useful. But yeah. Um, so anyway, get us your, your short lists or your long lists. We, we're going to be developing lists that will have 200 titles uh, within comics, which we're looking at story arcs basically uh, with comics. It could be an entire run of comics. I don't know. Um, movies, TV series. I think generally it's going to be easier to talk about TV shows as a series. Yes. Um, and then uh, novels, books, um, but also video games. We got a list from one of our listeners, and I'm not going to say what it is yet. We'll talk about it when we get to the, the actual episode. Mention a video game that I remember playing my freshman year in college, 92, 93. That game was so much fun. <laughs> and I've been looking and looking and looking for some sort of um, way to get it like for a modern laptop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not available that I can find, but um, I, I don't know if I'll actually add it to a list. Although there is a story to it. Um, the, the franchise itself had a storyline to it, but anyway, it was, it was cool to be reminded of that. That's that, that video game. Um, cool. And just to be clear, the total list will be 200, you do not need to come up with a list of 200. No, no. But your list will help determine the order that our final list ends up in. And things that you mention, if you have any kind of blurb that goes along with it and it's something that we aren't going to put in our list of 200, we will read the blurb even if it's not on our list, especially if you send us a recording. We will use the recording uh, unless there's something in it that makes us say that doesn't fit the you know, family friendly values of strangers and aliens. But, um, you know, if you send us recording and if you're a podcaster, especially send us a recording, plug your show. Um, we want to, we want to play that recording and we want people to hear about your show. And, uh, and then when they listen to the recording on our show, it's like a little tryout, you know, it's like, Oh, that person really, really likes, uh, that person really, really likes Man from Atlantis. I'm going to listen <laughs> to that guy. I want to hear about you know that that more. So anyway, that's what we're doing with episode 200. So it's coming up very close. Um, we have plans. Uh, we have our retro movie mission with Flash Gordon that we have planned to come soon. I don't know if it'll be coming before or after episode 200. We also have Till We Have Faces. We're doing two episodes about that again. Not sure if it's going to be before or after 200 because there's also – I want to do something about the Bourne movies. Yeah. We'll be continuing to do some summer movie coverage. Yeah. So Bourne's coming. And so that that might push back some of what we're thinking. Um, I mean this pushed back some of what we're thinking too. So yeah, because we weren't expecting to go see Killing Joke. And then we were going to go see it. 
And then we didn't go see it. And we saw <laughs> Ghostbusters. We weren't expecting to do that. So Right. Yeah. So it's it's coming. It's in the pipeline. I've made a calendar. It gets disregarded. Every All, <laughs> time. Every week. But uh, the calendar is there for reference. So... <laughs> <laughs> I they, laugh at your calendar. They at, you asked me to make this calendar, Ben. So I could laugh at it. Yes, and it has been laughed at many times. It has been laughed at, but things have happened <sighs> on the calendar. Yep, yep. There are things that were on the calendar that did end up happening eventually. There is one topic that I would love to do, and I'm just eventually I'm just going to put it every week on the calendar. That's all it's going to be on there. Is that um, Jude? No, Ben, it's not. You it's, know what it is. Is that Stranger Things? No, you know what I'm talking about. Do the I? One, yes, you do. It's do a I? web comic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, that's why. See that <laughs> attitude? Hear that attitude right there? It's going to be on the calendar every week. You're going to get push notifications on your phone, and you're going to say, how did this even happen? How am I getting these push notifications? I should probably set up push notifications. That might help. It's because of my resolve, Ben. That's how you're getting those push co- notification conversations. Yeah. So there. Yep. Sure. Well, I think that's it, Evan. I think that's it also, Ben. I wanted to talk about other DC animated movies, but I think that's going to be a whole other episode. It would have to be. And It's getting late. There's some good things to talk about. There's some good stuff that they've done. There's some not-so-great stuff that they've done with DC animated direct-to-DVD movies. Um, and Justice League Dark is coming. Swamp Thing is coming in two different animated forms. Woo- who? Justice League Dark and that Justice Action League. Justice League Action. Justice League Action. That has Which I will be watching. Thing as well. Yes. I just think I, it's funny that both of those, for their little promo things they did, included you know a second or two of, of Swamp Thing. Like, what? That's just selling point? You're, you're using that? Guess so. Hey, I'm not complaining. But... Makes me wish I had started up that Swamp Thing podcast where I would cover every episode of Swamp Thing the series. Mm. And no one would listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that. Yep. So uh, you've had your final word, right? I guess so. Yeah. And that is one day we will do that, that episode that I want to do. Yeah. And mine, of course. Thanks for listening. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. Once again, thanks for listening. Never compare me to the Marin Jaws. Never! <laughs> <laughs>